all, and welcome to a brand new season of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Don Ellie, and I figured after the success of last year, it's only right to once again start off the new season with uh, my season premiere of last year. Uh, please welcome Miss Lacey Lou. Hey, Don, thanks for having me back. Premiere episode, woo woo. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, you kickstarted a great year, so I figured it was only right to uh, re- repeat the favor a year again. So uh, after last year, I figured this time out, we're going to be doing something uh, just as much fun. And uh, hopefully we're going to have just as much uh, success as the uh, coming year is going to show. But uh, for tonight, I figured since uh, we're recording this uh, a couple of days into December and it's still going to be the uh, season uh, when you hear this, I figured it's time to do our top 10 holiday horror films. So we're doing any holiday here. We're not doing just Christmas. We're not doing just Thanksgiving or Halloween. We're doing anything set on a holiday. So uh, I guess this is, uh, you know, your time to shine. Let everybody know what the uh, importance is for the topic and uh, how you came about your list. Um, so when we said we were going to do this and um, because I think a lot of people do like Christmas or Halloween because um, those have the most holidays right and of course there's going to be some on my list that are of those holidays but what i really wanted to embody here was what really gets me in the mood for the spirit of that specific holiday and some obviously come out more on top than others but like so i tried to go through and pick for different holidays um there's a couple repeat holidays but I really did try to like just embody my favorite per holiday because I love just celebrating holidays in general. So I like to go full front. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, I I can't say that uh, the majority of my list is either Halloween or Christmas. That is uh, definitely the case here just because that, uh, like I said, that's the stuff that gets, you know, the most press. That's the stuff that gets, you know, the most attention. Uh, Give me a year, and I, I think that could possibly change uh, with a couple of other entries out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I mean, again, like I said, uh, the majority of this is uh, Halloween and Halloween or Christmas. But um, I, I, I put in a couple of other, um, you know, holidays just to, uh, you know, round it out a little bit. But um, and I think we're going to have a fun time here. Yeah, I mean... It's it's kind of hard. Um, I'm very commercial and <laughs> when it comes to the holiday films, I guess. So um, I thought that I was going to have more of, um, you know, like some independent horror, but I really don't. A lot of them are very commercial, which I actually had a much tougher time coming up than I thought. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my, my favorites are more of the ones that I did get to experience in the movie theater and around the, that time they came out, you know, so. Yeah, that, that just the the holiday season for me for each holiday. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of how mine was because um, mine was like, oh, I want to put this one on, I want to put this one on, I want to put this one on, and then I realized, oh, wait a second, there's a bunch of other stuff here that uh, you know, if you know, we're including all of the holidays, that means I have to include all of the holidays. So that kind of started throwing a lot of uh, you know the fun independent stuff that I really like uh, that started throwing that uh, out the window, and I, I'm. I, I didn't have as many of those as I wanted. Um, I, I think there's maybe one or two on here that could possibly be called independent, but with the you know the the majority of the uh, 
the the holidays taken up with uh, some heavy hitters uh, that that kind of was uh, what skewed my list a little bit more towards uh, you know like you said um, commercial rather than uh, you know truly an in independence but uh, I I still think it's a little bit more representative of uh, you know some of the holidays in general so uh, yeah if you're uh, ready to dive in let's uh, get started did did you want to take yeah. the lead or sure sure. Um, and like I said, again, I, there's going to be one that's probably like really shocking to everybody, um, which we're not there yet, but I just want to emphasize that this is what gets me into the spirit, you know, of said holiday. Um, it's just my personal list of it doesn't mean that there's a movie that's like better than it's just what I personally think gets me into the spirit of that said holiday. So not saying that there aren't better movies out there but um, just what personally is my preference to get into the spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I know where you're coming from. Um, you know, yeah, it, you can definitely, um, in, in a lot of cases, use certain films to, uh, you know, prep for events uh, to, you know, get yourself in that proper mood, that proper mindset of, you know, celebrating what it actually is about by, you know, watching something and, you know, viscerate a bunch of, you know, dumbasses for, you know, doing something stupid. But yeah, uh, I, I think that I know where you're coming from, uh, you know, with, you know, a lot of the holidays having, you know, I, I think in pretty much every case, there's at least one um, specific film set on the holiday. I mean, there's not a few that, there's a few that I think don't have any, or maybe there are, and I just, I'm not aware of it, but yeah, I, I think with most of the holidays out there, you know, and I, I should say nationally registered holidays, uh, you know, none of this, you know, steak and blowjob holidays, your, you know, um, you know, national pizza day or, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, like, you know, traditionally recognized holidays like, you know, Valentine's Day and Halloween and St. Patrick's Day and, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the commercial nationally recognized holidays. So, yeah, uh, I think let's uh, get going with uh, your number 10. All right, number 10. Um, I have to go with this one because, like, it's not, like, full on this holiday, but it does provide that grit and that feel um, more so than this director who actually did a Halloween movie. But I feel like, uh, he embodied it just a little bit more with his uh, feature debut um, with uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, right. <laughs> are you surprised by that? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think back on where the Halloween mindset was. Um, I, oh, I mean, uh, I remember it was set close to it. I remember that with the original abduction, the, the, the wasn't the original trip that they were undertaking supposed to have started on Halloween? Like that was when they yeah. think. Okay, yeah, yeah that's they, what I'm they, saying. Yeah, they go um, to um, they're like going across, you know, seeing all these sites or whatever, and it's Halloween, so they stop at, um, you know, Captain Spaulding's and do the ride or whatever, and then they end up at, um, you know, the Firefly family's house, and they are celebrating Halloween. So. Um, and, you know, baby dresses up and they have like a whole show going on. And, you know, I don't know. It just really puts me in like that mindset of, 
you know, going to haunts and like doing fun shit like that around the holiday, around Halloween. Um, Cause I feel like that would be something that would happen to me. Maybe, <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> like I would probably end up at the Firefly farm, you know? Um, I don't know if it's a farm. I've been playing way too much Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Um, but no, I just feel like, you know, if they're, you know, I, I would love to do something like that. Like just go and stop and see like a bunch of different places, like around Halloween, um, go to different haunts, see what other states like have to offer and stuff like that. And, um, you know, up for that adventure. And I just feel like this film would be something I would do. And I think it was a great directorial debut for his first feature film. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's grown on me the more I watch it. Um, not necessarily my favorite, but uh, yeah, it definitely it, it has grown on me the more I watched it. And uh, I mean, you know, I I do think you would make a better uh, mermaid than Rain Wilson would, but. <laughs> well, I think the, the one scene that sticks out in my head the most, actually, um, which is not Fish Boy, but um, it has to be that slow mo uh bullet death kill. Yeah, and, that's that's one and, of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I, I do like that one. Like in the the music that's playing in the background, and you know, it doesn't have like a whole bunch of Halloween ambiance, but then they, you know, at the end they're like in the fields running, and like it feels very kind of like homish because like obviously I live in Iowa and like there's cornfields here, so it just seems like something that would happen like around here, and it just kind of feels like Halloween home to me. I don't know. So I was kind of more excited to see what he would do with the Halloween franchise and was a little bit disappointed that it was just kind of almost a spinning remake. Um, and not like, I love the first half of what he did with the, um, his Halloween. Um, but then the second half, it's just kind of like a play by numbers of the original John Carpenter's, you know? So yeah. um, I like it. When it's original. Yeah. I, I, I've had, Nice. I mean, I've I've had my thoughts on uh, you know the franchise for a while. So <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I guess that will move on to uh, my number ten. And uh, like I said, I I did try to uh, you know honor uh, a few holidays as much as I can. And uh, that leads me to Leprechaun honoring St. Patrick's Day. So I don't know if this is entirely within the bounds of honoring St. Patrick's Day, but uh, I, I think it counts. <laughs> you know, a lot of it is, you know, Irish lore. A lot of it is, you know, that, you, you know, you're just hanging out with your buddies, just having fun, you know, that kind of a thing. And I, I mean, you know, there's really not a whole lot of genuine St. Patrick's Day stuff there, but I, I, I think there's still, you know, that, you know, atmosphere. There's still a lot of what goes on there that just, you know, it makes you kind of have like a connection to that specific time of year. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's Jennifer a, Aniston booty. Uh, she hasn't grown into it yet, but uh, I mean, if you thought, you know, that floats <laughs> your boat, <laughs> you know, if that floats your boat, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, deny anybody that. Um, I mean, for me personally, she hadn't grown into it yet, but conversation <laughs> for another time, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's still a lot to like with the film. Uh, you know, the, the zingers are a little bit better in the later installments, but, uh, you know, it's still got a fun charm to it. You know, singular location, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, some of the stuff is pretty wild and, you know, has a lot of just, you know, goofy scenes and scenarios and stuff. Kind of like, you know, again, 
prefacing what would come later. But uh, yeah, overall, I have enough fun with it. I, I think it's a good time. And, uh, you know, it honors St. Patrick's Day, which, you know, you don't get a whole, whole lot of uh, films for unless you just want to just, you know, binge Irish movies the entire day. But uh, other than that, I, I think this could be a good one to honor that. So uh, number 10 is Leprechaun. Awesome. Um, nine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like the biggest musical person, but I really like this one and, um, the soundtrack always gets stuck in my head. And this is actually a recent, more recent film. Um, and I'm excited that I actually get to go see it on the big screen this year. Like it just has really good Christmas ambiance, um, likable characters. And I'm not even a zombie person, Don. like, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I really like this fucking movie a lot and it just has a lot of Christmas spirit and a lot of heart. And that would be Anna and the Apocalypse. Nice. Um, I mean, I'll let you speak, but um, that will be appearing later tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I just think it's a lot of fun and um, I, we can get there when you get there, I guess. So um, we'll just talk about it then. How about that? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll move on to uh, number nine. And uh, this one should be one that uh, has a little bit of uh, familiarity with you, just because we watched it about a week ago, uh, at least at the time of we were recording this. Uh, my number nine is Blood Rage. Yes, that was the first time watch for me. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody uh, wants to hear commentate, it's on Cut to the Chase feed. Exactly, and uh, yours truly was on there with um, our old pal Uncle Nudie. But yeah, um, yeah uh, it, it's a fun time. I, I love this movie. It, it's so bonkers and over the top. So much fun. Great gore. Great kills. Uh, you know, hilarious. It was. <laughs> yeah, you know, great. You know, one-liners. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's just you know the the perfect goofy fun uh, genre effort. So. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe not, you know, filled with the most uh, Thanksgiving ambiance, but uh, it's got enough there that I really enjoy it. So my uh, number nine is Blood Rage. It's not cranberry sauce. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have a, like, no, after watching that with you guys, I think it's going to become a yearly tradition for me. I didn't even know that movie existed. Like, how do I not know that this slasher movie existed? I'm sure it's in my slasher book um, somewhere, but um, I haven't read the whole thing from cover to cover. Um, But I had a great time recording that with you guys. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) Funnier as well. Yeah, no, that that movie is a blast. And um, it had it had pretty good. uh, Like, it involved family and, you know, Thanksgiving's kind of about family. So I thought it had a good Thanksgiving atmosphere there. All right. So, and there's uh, always, you know, the drunken relative. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh moving on to number eight. Okay. Uh well we are returning to a franchise you had already mentioned. Um but it is not Leprechaun one. It is actually Leprechaun two because it is the only one in the franchise that actually takes place on St. Patty's Day. Um, and um, it's very reminiscent of um, my, my favorite scene, probably, I know a lot of people like the fan boob scene, but um, I love when he's at the bar doing shot for shot with Morty, <laughs> um, Uncle Morty. 
and there's just you know everybody's wearing green and their hats and there's just like a bunch of midgets for some reason because apparently that's what leprechauns are associated with um it, it has the best um saint patrick's day atmosphere out of all of them because it actually takes place there but also the beginning of the film and they're doing like the haunted tour and the, that movie's just a lot of fun it's more fun than the first one personally um are you a fan I do like it more than the original. I just, I, I feel like, you know, the original is maybe just like a little bit more accessible. I, I, um, I don't know if, if that makes any sense, just because I, I I think the original has a little bit more understanding of what it's trying to be. The The sequel is just goofy and bizarre. And I, as much as I like it, I've never really understood the wedding, you know, scenario, how all of that plays in. <laughs> Right. Yeah, all of that is... My... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was no, going to say, like, yeah, that's the part that I've always kind of been a little confused on in that film. But, I, I mean, that's not anything to do with what we're talking about. I, I mean, you know, for, like, you know, the ambiance and, the you know, the time of year, I've always gone for the original more than the sequel. But I, I, I do like it a little bit more. So, I, I mean, it, it's still a fun time. So, yeah, I, I do enjoy it as well. My go-to watches for St. Patty's Day, um, if I'm not out, you know, getting plastered, um, which is always the hope. But if I'm not, um, I, I do always at least get at least one of them in. And my movie watches, if I'm not doing anything and, like, I have to work and I can just throw movies on in the background, um, it'll always be Leprechauns 1 through 3 and then Boondock Saints and The Departed. Uh, those are my watches for St. Patty's Day. My personal favorite of the Leprechaun franchise is part three where they're in Vegas, but that one doesn't really have like the St. Patty's atmosphere and Leprechaun 2 just really does embody that. And it's a really fun movie. And I think it naturally gets overlooked, honestly. Nice. Yeah. Like I mean, like I said, I, I do like it more than the original. Um, I mean, my personal favorite in the franchise, if we're talking the original franchise, you'd better not say space. Uh, Moving on. Oh um, my God, is it really space? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you I don't mean? Know. He literally comes out of some dude's dick, Don. I don't know. The girls are talking. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And then you have like the 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 dude that's like his head, and he literally comes out of some dude's dick. <laughs> But, I mean, if you like it, whatever floats your boat, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're talking, you know, like the franchise overall, yeah, I, I actually like the reboot, Le Leprechaun Returns. That one's actually my favorite. But if we're talking... That was a fun one. Yeah, that, if we're talking, like, you know, the, the main stuff, then, yeah, it's uh, part four, actually. Um, it, 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 goes part, it goes part four, part two, part one. And then uh, three is just a notch below. That does not surprise me at all, Don. <laughs> it really doesn't. Like, I've learned to not be so shocked by your responses these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that will uh, move us to number eight. Yeah, on you. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, sorry, I was just, uh, I missed track there. Um, yeah, so uh, my number eight, uh, this will be the first of uh, several Halloween-themed um, genre fair. And uh, it's one that I I didn't know about this one until last year when I uh, I got a 
Blu-ray sent to me as a uh, screener from a company that I work with. And I fell in love with it. I thought it was just absolutely amazing. I had such a fun time with it. And uh, it, it, it it's rapidly become one of my favorites of the season. I went with 2004 Satan's Little Helper. You know, I've only seen that one once, but I don't really remember it. Yeah, I thought I had seen this because I remember actually, remember, I remember specifically because it's a masked um, killer film. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, you know, again, because this is like, you know, the first of them that's kind of like under the radar and a little, you know, a little uh, hidden gem. Uh, basically what happens is this kid goes around with uh, this serial killer who's dressed exactly like this figure from a popular um, video game that he likes. And the, the, the killer is dressed exactly the same. So he makes, so he, the kid thinks that the serial, that the serial killer is actually playing a real life version of the video game. And he goes around helping him commit all these murders, but he thinks that they're just performing tasks in this, you know, fake game that they're, they're going on about. And I remember specifically, I remember the mask of the killer and I remember it's like this devil mask that has like the sheepish grin on it. And I, I remember specifically, cause I remember really, really liking the mask, but I thought I had seen the movie and it wasn't until I got the, the film um, as the screener that I actually realized I didn't see the movie, that it was actually, I had seen the trailer for it when it first came out. And it was one of the, you know, the, I never really paid like much attention to trailers, but it was just one where I'd actually seen the trailer because it's on the special features of the Blu-ray. So that was what clued me in and was like, oh, oh wait a second. That was how I seen it. So yeah, I, I'd seen the, the trailer for it. And yeah, I, I mean, if you know, you haven't seen it, it's, you know, really fun. It's kind of a little on the ridiculous side, but it plays into the scenario pretty well because it's, you know, the kid thinking that everything that's going on is a version of the video game. So it's all about, you know, like taking this wheel, this uh, shopping cart and, you know, ramming people over with it or, um, uh, see, I, I don't really want to like spoil it too much for those that haven't seen it, but, uh, yeah, there's a, a gag at a, a, a costume party that takes place cause it's Halloween. So, you know, it's like this Halloween party and, you know, like the sister has to keep the track of the brother and all that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, great Halloween, uh, you know, decor because it takes place literally on the night of the 31st because, you know, the killer's out going around in costume and that's how he, you know, gets away with everything because he's in costume like everybody else. And yeah, I, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You know, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and, you know, give it a shot. I think it's on streaming pretty much everywhere. But, I know uh, it was on Netflix, like, when I watched it a while back. Like, I don't remember anything about it, but now I want to revisit it. It kind of sounds like Brain Scan a little bit. Kind of. That's not a... Um, Just with I the video game aspect. <laughs> in, you know, like, the, you know, every, you know, like... Well, the only difference between the two is that in, you know, Brain Scan, it's not, you know, the, the video game coming to life. It's, you know, in this one, it's, you know, a person dressing as the video game character. But yeah, that oh, okay. Brain Scan is not a bad comparison. Um, I mean, especially in terms of the atmosphere involved. Um, you know, Brain Scan and set it on Halloween, that's not a bad comparison. So, yeah, uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and give it a shot. So uh, number eight for me is Satan's Little Helper. 
Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to put that one back on my radar. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Number seven. Number seven. Okay. Um, this one, um, like I debated it just because like nobody actually like, I'm sorry, the movie's been out since like the eighties. So, <laughs> um, spoilers, right? Um, nobody actually dies in this movie. Um, but, like, I would be remiss if I didn't add it onto this list because you don't know that as you're watching it, you know, for the first time. Sorry, I just completely spoiled the whole movie if you've never seen it. But, I mean, it says itself in its title, which is April Fool's Day. Nice. That's an honorable yeah. mention. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an honorable mention for me. Um, it was one of those I wanted on the list. But uh, as soon as we started incorporating, like, actual, like, you know, more and more holidays and I started thinking... I it kind of like fell off the list just a little. Um, so yeah, it's one of my honorable mentions. Like I would have also put like happy birthday to me on there, but like is birthday really a holiday? Like, you know, so um, April Fool's Day is actually a holiday. Um, and I love a good prank movie. And this one just, it has such like an iconic cast too for that time period. I mean, you have Amy Still from Friday the 13th part two. Um, you have, um, oh God, Deborah Foreman, who was also in uh, Valley Girl and um, Waxwork. Um, you have the one of the guys from uh, Summer School. Um, you have two alums from uh, just one of the guys. So it's very, very 80s. You also have Biff from Back to the Future. You know, it's just a really hot cast for the 1980s, as well as, you know, just the plot itself. And as you're watching it, you don't really know what's happening until the end. And it's just an iconic ending. And it's one that really does pull you over, you know, the wool over your eyes. And it's just a lot of fun. And just think of those deaths were actually real. Um, and I think it still holds up. I really do. I think it's just a really fun movie. And um, I think it embodied the spirit of that holiday. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I, I do have a little bit of an issue with the they're all alive at the end kind of you yeah. know twist, but yeah, overall, you know, if you you go in not knowing that, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the deaths are pretty, you know, pretty graphic and gruesome for aftermath shots, which kind of is like the first giveaway because nobody actually physically dies on screen. But um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, if you're not knowing that, it's you know, there's some great kills in there. The stalking scenes are pretty cool. The cast isn't bad. I, I really like, you know, the group of friends that are kind of fun to hang out with. And yeah, it, it's not a bad time. I, I, I like I said, I, I do have an issue with the, you know, it's all a joke reveal. But yeah, overall, the, the it's not really a, it's That's the point of the holiday, though. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm just like, saying is that, you know, yeah, you know, it, it does clue you in and you do kind of realize that as it's going along. But yeah, overall, I, I, I do have fun with it, and it's, uh, you know, again, not a bad time, and it's one of the only ones that uh, actually honors the holiday, especially considering the remake is total dog shit. Is Scout Taylor Compton in the remake? Yep. Okay, it's I've only seen that one once. I own it, but um, I don't really fully remember it. I think I just remember her being in it. And it's very, very direct-to-video mid-2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's why... I'm sorry, what? 
No, I was going to say uh, mid 2000s direct to video is not the best quality out there. <laughs> no, but it's but I I kind of love it just because it is just kind of it has a certain feel and you just know it came from that time period, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know it's the wardrobe, I swear. I think it's because that's probably like when you and I both grew up like we were like in our teens at that time. So, um Maybe that's why it resonates with me anyways. I don't know. <laughs> but I had, like, I was debating on putting April Fool's Day in here um, just because there aren't any actual deaths. But um, you don't know that. And it is a fun reveal. And I think it does really, like I said before, embody the spirit of April Fool's Day. And it did pull one over on the audience, which, you know, that, that that's ballsy. So I got to give her credit for that. For sure. Um, and I that it's on my honorable mentions as well. So it's uh, definitely a fun time. All right. Your number seven. Um, yeah, my number seven. Uh, this is one that I, I I wanted to put this one higher just because I'm a big fan of this one. But uh, this is kind of where I started bumping up into uh, the undisputed classics kind of a, a thing. And that kind of is uh, what knocked this one down just a little bit for me. And I went with 1980s Terror Train, honoring New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, or New Year's, or whatever. That was an honorable mention for me. Oh, nice. Yeah, we swapped out. <laughs> yeah, I was going back and forth with that one on April Fool's Day. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, it's you know one of the you know great early 80s slashers. Maybe not necessarily one that uh, holds up as much as it does on rewatch, which is kind of why it's a little bit lower on my list than normal. But overall, I it's a great idea. I love how they pull that off. And there's just a, you know, a, a sense of charm that goes along that everything, it just makes for a, a fun time. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, I, I think it holds up pretty well. Um, I actually really like the remake. Um, I was considering the remake just because I, I really like that one as well. But um, I had to go with the original. And, uh, you know, again, you know, it's a holiday that not does, doesn't have a whole lot to, uh, you know, honor it. But uh, I, I still went with it anyway. So uh, number seven for me is Terror Train. Yeah, and plus, I mean, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you know, obviously a Scream Queen um, should be iconic and should be mentioned for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't know if she'll appear on yours, but uh, she'll appear on mine again pretty soon. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, she does not, <laughs> surprisingly. Oh. Okay, well, that's, yeah, yeah, that is a little surprising, honestly, but you're a list. So uh, I guess we'll uh, move on to number six. Um, yeah, so my number six, um, I think this one might be controversial to some because it is actually a remake and it is of that uh, mid-2000s era and it definitely feels like it, at least by the close, um, but it is a hot cast. It has amazing Christmas atmosphere, um, a ridiculous killer or two, and um, like I said, it is a remake and if you don't know what I'm talking about by now, it is 2006 Black Xmas. <laughs> Literally Xmas. If that doesn't tell you how ridiculous it is, I don't know what else will. <laughs> well, it's not uh, going to be as ridiculous as the fact that that will show up later. 
Um, so you love this movie too, then? Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people like credit the original, like, and they say Scream. Obviously, I have to mention Scream. It's not on. There's no Scream films on my list, although there is a Halloween Scream film now. Um, there is no Scream on this list. Spoilers. Um, but they credit, you know, whether Scream would have ever been made if it hadn't been for the original of this. But I'm just not super close to that film. Um, I know a lot of people love it, um, but this is just, like, of my era, and I just love it. Like, it's got Katie Cassidy, Oliver Hudson, Lacey Charbet. I think that's how you say her name. Um, I've never figured uh, it out either. (laughs) uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. I mean, just all of these characters or these actors and actresses I grew up with. We even have the iconic Carrie Fisher. Is she in this one, or is that Sorority Row? I could be wrong. Uh, I think that is this one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe I, I confused that a lot. No, yeah, it is this one. It's no, it is not. It actually has the original. Is no, I think Carrie Fisher's in Story. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I kind of confuse both movies sometimes. I love Sorority Row too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not a holiday film. Um, but this one, it just it's a lot of fucking fun and um. Like, Billy and Agnes, like, um, it's such a really fucked up plot line about these two killers. And I think you get more context with these killers than you do in the original. Um, I don't know. And, like, they they put a present under the tree for him um, over the year. The icicle kill is amazing. It, it's got a lot of fun kills. Like, the ending kill is great. I don't know why, like, Billy has, like, a really bad suntan that made him orange whatever i guess that's what happens with incest but whatever um yeah i I love this movie it's it's ridiculous it's cheesy good fun and if you don't love it for this season i don't know if you're really a horror fan just kidding (laughs) yeah i'm a big fan as well like i said we'll uh talk about that in a bit but um First, I think we're going to uh, backtrack just a touch, and uh, we're going to touch on one that you mentioned earlier. We're going to talk Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh! Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, This is so much fun. Uh, The songs are infectious, and I'm not a musical person. Uh, This this is probably... (laughs) Yeah, this is probably like the only genuine musical that I've ever actually watched. So, yeah. Um, what do you mean you're not a fan of Grease 2? Uh, but what did I stutter? Oh. <laughs> you did not. You don't. What do you mean? Michelle Pfeiffer was totally hot in Grease 2. Yeah, but she's not enough to save it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a positive. I'm not going to deny that. Um, you said I stuttered. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, I mean, like I said, uh, I mean, you know my love of zombies. Um, that's definitely going to give it a, an extra point or two. I love a lot of the characters in here. They're so fun. Uh, you know, there a lot of them have genuine through lines. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, extraneous circumstances that go on in this. And yeah, it's just uh, just such a fun time. I love, you know, the makeup on here. I love the gore. I love the kills. And yeah, I, I mean, it's got a continuous Christmas atmosphere, and overall, it, it's just such a fun time. 
So yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, my number six is Anna and the Apocalypse. Well, obviously it's on my list, so I can't complain with that. <laughs> um, so my number five? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. Um, I feel like this is one of the best anthology films out there. Um, and it definitely, you know, has different elements of Halloween and where you're at in stages of your life. And obviously I'm talking about uh, Michael Doherty's uh, Trick or Treat. Yeah, that one will appear later on mine. <laughs> it's like, I know, like, people think it's commercial, but it's actually not. This was not actually released into theaters. Yeah, that, it was, that can, yeah, it took like, what, three or four years to finally come out, and it was just dumped straight on, I I, I don't want to say it was, TV, right? what's what I'm saying is that it's right on the border of DVD and uh, like the early stages of streaming, yeah. like it's like right on that border, I don't remember for sure, but yeah, it's one of the other. You know, it's so funny um, because the movie came out, what year was this? Like 2011, I want to say? Uh, it, I think it was... Or was it 2013? I think it was filmed in 2009, sat on the shelf until 2011 or 12. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because, well, I like... I, every December, like, if you follow me on social media, everybody knows I watch really, really cheesy Christmas movies all month long. And one I was watching today was from um, 2011. And um, it was, they were, like, it was about, it was called Desperately Seeking Santa. And it had um, uh, the chick who played Supergirl in Smallville, and then the dude whose butt got sucked in the swimming pool in Final Destination 4. Uh, I think his name is Nick Sano. Um, but it was ridiculous, and it was, like, about getting hiring a sexy mall Santa. And it, 2011 doesn't seem that long ago to me, but malls are, like, and this was, like, I guess before, like, Amazon really, really took off, you know? it just It just doesn't seem that long ago that malls were like a big thing, you know? Um, so I don't know why I just brought that up, but I think it's because it's around the same time period that it was released. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that makes sense because things have changed so much from that time era of like uh, direct to streaming. Malls are kind of obsolete now. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem long ago at all, but like the movie still feels fresh to me. Like I feel like Trick or Treat could be like, it feels like it was made yesterday. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, there's certain films that, you know, you can definitely look at and say, yeah, that was filmed at this specific time. That was filmed in, you know, this specific period. But then there's others that are like, when was this filmed? Because it, it doesn't it doesn't really have like a definitive time period that you think back and, you know, you look back on it and it's like, wow, this was like a t this is like, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago at all. I mean, it like I said, it really feels like, and it, I'm surprised that it didn't have a big release. Um, I think it would have cleaned up. I really do. Um, but I think it's great. I think I love, 
the anthology aspect, like there were so many other movies that came out after that tried to replicate what this movie did. And um, obviously not as well, but I appreciate the effort. Um, and this one just kind of like the cream of the crop of like anthology, especially like around um, Halloween. Honorable mention, um, Tales of Halloween is another great anthology one. Um, it's just not as good as this one. Um, I, I definitely agree with both. Um, Tales of Halloween is an honorable mention, but um, we will discuss Trick or Treat later. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I guess this is a, another bit of fortuitousness because uh, my number five is one we've just mentioned. Um, my number five is the Black Christmas remake. Yes! So, Top so, yeah. five! So, yeah, I, I'm kind of like you. I respect the original, but I'm not attached to it. I Right. I, I don't know why. There's there's just always this feeling that outside of the murders, the film is just always really dull to me. Like it's there's never really like this sense of urgency to it, and it's never really one that has like any kind of, you know, like I I, I guess like sense of urgency or like this zippiness or like it, it just always feels like kind of dull. And I don't know why, but um, I I love the pacing. I love the kills. I love the backstory the sheer ludicrousness of some of the storylines that goes on in here. I mean, how he escapes from the asylum, how he manages to, you know, commit all these murders and get away with everything, you know, the way he does. Yeah. It, it feels a lot stupider than it really should be, but uh, it's played with <laughs> such, it's played like so seriously that you, you know, you kind of like buy into it and it, it kind of just like unravels as it goes along. But especially for me, and one of the reasons why it's so high on my list is it just absolutely drips Christmas atmosphere throughout. I mean, like really they've, <laughs> yeah, they've decorated, you know, all of the, you know, the hallways, the, you know, staircases. You know, like the tree is like a prominent prop in so many scenes, and you know, the, the walls are just filled with like pictures and decorations and there's just so much going on that it just feels like Christmas throughout that it, it kind of just wears on you throughout that it just reminds you that it takes place at Christmas. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's a fun film in general, but you know, because it highlights the uh, holidays as well as it does kind of gives it a little extra boost for me. So yeah, uh, my number five is Black Christmas. Yeah. You know, and I kind of want to mention, like I, I watched Stephen King's it TV miniseries prior to ever see Black Christmas, the original. And it's so weird that the chick who goes blind in Stephen King's it is like the lead in this movie. So it, yeah. So like she played Audra, I believe, I, I think um, she played Audra in Stephen King's it, um, the one who was Bill's wife, um in the beginning and then she like goes blind by pennywise somehow by not even being around pennywise but yeah um that's another story um uh, which could actually be a fourth of july movie i think if i'm not mistaken but um but it's not an honorable mention but um yeah um I think that's why it was kind of just like, isn't it weird? Like when you've seen something that like came out much later and then you go back and revisit to see these actors, like for example, um, Donald Pleasance, I just watched a movie um, with him and all I know him is, as Dr. Sam Loomis, you know? And then I watched, God, what was that Australian movie I just watched? Um, and he plays like a complete psychopath, like the complete opposite of Dr. Loomis. I can't think of the, 
name of the movie at the top of my head right now, but it's just so weird to see somebody that you're so familiarized with the character and then go back and see them as something else. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, the, when you definitely start looking at, you know, some of the, you know, lower budget films that came out, like, you know, the mid 2000s, late 2000s, and you start realizing that, you know, there's some pretty big names that had, you know, careers afterwards. Um, I, I, again, you know, not that, you know, to, you know, really derail the situation, but it always like just blows my mind when I go back and watch a film called Simon Says from like 2006 or 2007, and you realize that Blake Lively is just in a thankless cameo. Blake Lively? Yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a, uh, I, I, I think she's just like a nameless victim in like one sequence. I, she's either in the prologue or the, the epilogue. Um, but just like the thankless role that just walks on, says one line, and like that's really it. And you know, the implication <laughs> is that she runs into the killer and she dies, but yeah, she's in like this one scene, and it's like it's always just kind of weird that you know she's in this like one weird, bizarre underground movie that nobody has ever heard of. But do they like promote her as like the star, like on the cover, or like, like she's in the movie, is she on the cover? I think on on the um on the more recent advertising art i think they do have her i don't remember what the original advertising art is because it's been a while since i've seen what the original poster looks like because the original poster i think that it advertises the fact that it's crispin glover because he's because <laughs> he's the the main guy he's you know for lack of a you know not spoilers but yeah he's simon so right. <laughs> uh, it, so yeah i gotta it, watch this now <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, yeah, it's really weird. It's kind of just like, you know, off the, it's like, you know, just off the beaten path that, you know, she's in something like that, but yeah. Um. No, it's hilarious, like, when they do that, like, especially, like, celebrities that, like, first got their start, like, we mentioned Jennifer Aniston earlier, you know, obviously right, Matthew yeah. McConaughey, TCM Next Gen, and then, like, on the cover of, like, Creators 3, it said, and introducing Leonardo DiCaprio, like, 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 clearly you want cells. Like, I mean, does that not make you kind of want to watch the movie though? Like, for DVDs that have released after, and they're like, I didn't know Leo was in this movie. Like, let's see what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, to uh, you know, steer things back on track. Let's go to your number four. Okay. So, I've only seen this movie once, but it made such an impression on me that it shot right to my number four, and I think maybe over time, it could overtake three, two, or even number one of my list. And this film just came out this year, and I thought it embodied the spirit of this holiday perfectly, especially, like, maybe in 2023 things maybe aren't necessarily as crazy as they used to be, but you gotta love Eli Roth and bringing that nostalgic vibe of what like Black Friday is, what Thanksgiving is. And we've gone so far away from like, you know, custom traditions and everything that he really did, I feel like bring it home. Cause you go, you eat dinner with your family, then you go out crazy shopping, Black Friday shopping with your family. Um, and then you have a nineties, eighties, slasher vibe added to this film it's fucking amazing this movie was stellar um although predictable which i don't even care because i love the killer in this movie which i'm not going to spoil 
Um, but I absolutely love the killer. I love the reveal. I love um, the kills, the atmosphere, the fucking parade, all of it, which is Eli Ross 2003 or 2023's Thanksgiving. Just because it's been so new and I haven't had time to uh, sit with it and really, uh, you know, get, you know, get, not necessarily like give it time to you know, perspective. Digest? No pun yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like just give it like some time to digest and, uh, you know, work its way through my stomach to uh, use a Thanksgiving <laughs> analogy. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, another honorable mention. I'm right there with you. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I had so much fun with it. Uh, I, I will say it is a little weird to know that you went from a 70s, early 80s aesthetic to go into a 90s aesthetic, um, you know, transitioning from the trailer to the feature length right. film. But yeah, overall, I, I don't think that matters. I had tons of fun with it. Uh, it's definitely a big contender of the year. Um, Top five for sure. I would probably want to go back and revisit a couple of the, uh, you know, stuff that came out maybe like February, March, April, just to, you know, refamiliarize myself with those uh, for final placement. But uh, this is for sure our top five of the year. I'm not happy. I'm not mad at that at all. In a year's time, this could probably be uh, a top five on this one. <laughs> like it's an um, instant cult classic, regardless any way you cut it. Yeah, I'm. I'm no pun again. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I'm definitely on board with that. Yeah, that's definitely not a uh, bad call. I can definitely see you guys in 2024. And, uh, that... I'm excited for the sequel. I want seconds. I'm on board, too. I'm... So uh, moving on to uh, my number four, uh, we alluded to this earlier that uh, I was going to talk about Jamie Lee. And I think it's time. Uh, I'm going with the original Halloween. So uh, not much I can say about it, but uh, yeah, um, it, it's one of the you know all-time classics for a reason. I may have my own personal issues with it, but as a film, it, it's still one of the best. It's you know still one of the shining lights in the genre for a reason, and it's it's the all-time you know. I, I, I mean, you know, it's one of the first of just about everything. So uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But yeah, uh, it, it's just a classic for a reason. So uh, number four for me is Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it's tradition. Um, right. You know, um, it's not Halloween unless you watch a Halloween movie, right? And we all have, what I love about, you know, like our big franchises is that we can just pick which ones we want to fucking watch. <laughs> like you can either right. watch them all or just pick out your favorites. Halloween has like ridiculous timelines that you can choose your own adventure, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's like that with any of the other franchises too. Like if you don't like an entry, you can just skip it. But, um, and this one's no exception. Um, but obviously like Halloween didn't make my top 10. Um, it probably should have, to be honest. But I mean, if I had to pick one, it would either have been Halloween 2 or H2O. But I felt like I talked about H2O the last time we did our show. So um, obviously we know that I love it already. Um, it would have, yeah. if, if I had to pick a Halloween movie, it would have been H2O. 
And I'm honestly not mad at that. I, I do think that H2O outside of the original is one of the best that demonstrates the holiday, uh, you know, really well. I, I know a lot of people say Halloween 4 is one of my favorites, but I actually do like uh, H2O for um, a Halloween. The opening scene alone. Exactly. I, I'm right on there with you. I, I do think that, you know, H2O H2O is underrated in that regard. Um, it feels I, I, like fall. Exactly. Yeah. It it it's one of the ones that I I think nobody ever really gives it credit for is that it definitely feels like it takes place during that time of the year. And right. yeah, I I know a lot of people say four does that, and I agree there is a lot of it that, that takes place there. But I I I'm gonna stand with you, and I'm gonna say H2O is an underrated entry that definitely has a lot to deal with the holiday. So. And as much as I kind of despise, like, where the plot goes in six, I think that one has really good atmosphere as well for Halloween, you know, with the radio and they're out there in the field, you know, um, yeah. like, town is out there. Like, that one has really good ambiance. And David Gordon Green, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of, his 2018 one-shot is probably the best actual Halloween ambiance the entire franchise has, in my opinion. People might hate me for saying that, but that one shot where he's going around, runs into the trick-or-treaters, going from house to house, you still see the trick-or-treaters outside, that's perfect. Like, you know, he did at least one perfect shot in his trilogy, so kudos to him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty with our top three. We are. So, number three for me. Um... Apparently, I just love Michael Doherty. Um, now, when I first seen this film, I, like, hated it. Um, you ever watch a movie and, like, you're just not, like, in the right mindset? And you're like, this is fucking stupid. And then, like, you go back and rewatch it and you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. Has that ever happened to you? Once. Uh, there was one film that um, I, I was not really a fan of um, at first viewing, and I've gone back later and revisited it and appreciated it a lot more. Um, uh, the, the opposite actually happens a lot more often is that I really like it on first viewing, and then uh, I, I come back to it later on and I find it to be terrible. Or not necessarily terrible, but uh, I'm like a considerable n- n- um, downgrade from my original viewing. Where, like, you know, first viewing, I give it, like, maybe, like, a six or a seven, maybe, you know, like, a, like a seven or a half and an eight. And then I'll come back later on, and it's like, wow, what the hell was I thinking? This is, like, a four or a five. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, what I've had that. Movie? What was that? I got to know what the movie was. Oh, um, that one was a film called The Backlot Murders. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, slasher from the early 2000s. Um, I want to say 2001, 2002. Um, when I first watched it, I just did not get the humor at all. I, th- I thought it was pretty underwhelming and kind of lame. And it was really sold on the fact that the, the cast was pretty big at the time. Um, uh, it had the uh, the chick from uh, Three's Company, not the not the original, but the the, the second one. Uh, Chris, or um, was she in um, Devil's Rejects? Yeah, that one. Um, okay, yeah, I can't think of her name right now, but I know who you're I, talking about. Yeah, um, it, it had her. It had uh, one of the Corys. Um, I think it's Corey Haim. Um, yeah, he had a big role, and uh, the, the, the there's somebody else. They, they were sell, they were selling it on like three big names in the cast, but I 
And I just found it to be kind of like a slog. Like it was really impressive. Did you say slog? Yeah, like it was really just kind of like a drag. Like it was just like a slog to get through. I never heard anybody actually say slog in real time. (laughs) Oh, I I say that all the time. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yeah, it's one of my phrases to, it's like my go-to phrase when I think something is just like really poorly paced. Not, I don't really, really, I don't like saying dull, but it's just one where I think like the pacing is just, the, you know, like you, you want to watch it on like 1.25 speed. <laughs> you like getting speed up your <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, it's one of the, I, I don't want to say like the pacing is bad, but it's just one where I think like, okay, this would work a lot more if it's like 1.25 or like, you know, <laughs> Just like, you know, speed it up like a little bit faster. Like, you know, you, you put the tempo at a, like a little faster rhythm. I, I I always say like, you know, it's just a slog to get through. Um, well, I, I, never, I, I, I read a lot of your reviews, um, you know, for Don's Horror World. Um, I don't think I've ever um, seen you write slog, but my favorite uh, phrase of yours has to be, Mr. Anelli, has to be, if you're not a fan of this, then you should heed caution. <laughs> I love it. What's just one tell of, people. <laughs> what's just one of those where it's like, you know, okay, you know, you you read it and you've like, okay, well, I'm not really a fan of this. I'm not really a fan of that. It's not really one to just, you know, jump in and be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, pick it and watch it just because, like, okay, you know, right. yeah, I mean it. I, I I know I rely on that way too often, but uh. no, I love it. I love it. It's like it, like it's kind of like a trademark at this point. I love it. Keep doing it, please. Like, yeah. don't lose that. Like, it's you, you know. <laughs> well, it's not one that I'm, I'm planning on anytime soon, but uh, yeah, I I know that I, I use it a lot. So <laughs> do it again. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's get back on track here to my number three. Uh, Michael Doherty's uh, Krampus. Um, another Black Friday. I think Eli Roth did the Black Friday just a little bit better. But um, Krampus overall, like, I like it. I, I don't think I understood it at first. But the more I watch it, there's so many layers to this movie. Like, I, like if there weren't these other two movies that I just love so dearly, like this would probably be number one. It probably should be my number one, you know, just because like I can go so in depth with it and I get something different out of every time I watch it. But I think like my favorite moment is when the little boy goes up to Krampus at the end and he literally, (laughs) he's like, I want my family back. And like, he starts to cry and then Krampus literally just laughs at him. I don't know, like, maybe I'm sick in the fucking head, but I just love that moment so much because, like, I don't know, like, did this little boy deserve it? Like, did he have that much hate in his heart? Or was it his fucking grandma's fault this entire time? Like, let's, you know, like, why didn't she warn the family sooner? Like, why are you still trying to, like, make things happen? Like, maybe not uplift spirits so much to where people write hate letters, you know, or tear up letters with hate. I don't know. But this movie is fucking fun between, like, the crazy ginger breads, um, you know, babies going up or kids going up chimneys. I don't know. It just has great, like, it's a great replacement of Santa. 
Like Krampus is a great character. Um, I think he's like, I wouldn't even say like a replacement, but like it's it's a great like offset to Santa. Like, cause everybody is always like, you always see Santa in the horror movies, right? You never, like Krampus is a great character to add to this holiday horror. Don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Krampus. I actually like a lot of uh, the really, really, really shitty ripoffs. Um, <laughs> I haven't and, seen any of them. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, though. Yeah, they're bad. Um, <laughs> they're bad. But uh, I, I do really like them just because I do like the concept. Um, I, I, I really struggle to say this, but um, if you're curious, the one that I would probably recommend is called uh, Krampus Origins. Oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anytime anything is called Origins, yeah, I'm a little that, worried. Well, I, <laughs> I'm saying with it's the best of a bunch of shit. Um, kind of like Andy, the Ambivilles. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know that they're terrible, but um, I again, I, I still have enough fun with them. They're still um, fun to be had, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's fun to be had in the fact of how bad they are. Um, I, I mean, you know going in that this is somebody that filmed it for $5,000 off of an Indiegogo campaign for a different title, but they're slapping something else on it to, you know, make it marketable. Um, I, I mean, you know that that you know that that's the case going in. Um, but uh, again, you know, you can just laugh at how bad you know something like Amityville Bigfoot or Amityville. Um, oh God, what was the one that just came out? Um, oh yeah, Amityville in the Hood. <laughs> oh, I thought the last one was the Amityville Vibrator. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, I, I know that a friend of mine has it, but I don't know if I've seen that one. It, that's a legit movie, everybody. Oh, I so know that. Because we'll I've, 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 <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, well, I, I, I've seen the, I know I've, seen the <laughs> I've seen the physical media of it, so I know it's, a, I know it exists. I don't know if I've seen it or not. I know my sister was going through like the Amityville franchise. Like she wanted to watch every Amityville. I don't think she completed. I don't know how far she got. But I don't even know if she knows that there was an Amityville Vibrator movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that she's not going to complete the task because I think there's been three of them that have been released since we started this recording. So. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll just jump on right now because my number three is Krampus. <laughs> the same one. Oh, no shit. Yeah, my number three is Krampus. Um, I, I, again, I... I really find a lot of fun with this one the more I revisit it, and it, the more you look at it, the more you dig in, but then if you just look at it, it's just this fun home invasion, bunch of, you know, rotten people, a bunch of, you know, Christmas. They're really kind of cool and interesting, and they have their own little quirk that much more enjoyable and we never got the sequel but yeah overall i i really enjoyed this one and uh, it's you know one of the modern classics for a reason so yeah my number three is krampus yeah i mean you can say michael doherty knows how to make a fucking holiday horror film exactly yeah definitely <laughs> 
Um, so my number two? Right, number two. Okay. Um, I just really fucking love this movie, and there's not a lot on this holiday, in my opinion, um, at all. And you know me, I love a slasher. And um, this is, like, just right at, like, the coming into the millennium here. Um, you know, I love Buffy. Um, I love Denise Richards. Uh, Marley Shelton is, like, a staple of the 90s. She was Wendy fucking Peppercorn and Sandlot. Um, obviously, the movie I am talking about is Valentine. Um, I think... It's so much fucking fun. I think it's underrated as hell as well. Um, you know, like horror fans know it, but do they appreciate it as much as they should? That's the question. I think it's a great slasher. I think there's great kills. I think like the mask is creepy as fuck. Um, I think the characters are just fun. It's just really fun premise of, you know, like the whole opening sequence of him you know, crossing out their pictures with the yearbooks, um, the them going back from being, you know, teenagers to adults. I think their lookalikes as kids, they did a great casting job on this film. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It has really great Valentine actual ambiance with the Valentine's Day cards, the chocolates, you know, um, the Valentine's Day party, the Cupid. Like, I just think it really, truly embodies this holiday and it's a perfect holiday valentine horror movie i definitely agree uh, it's my number 11 it was the last one i had left off the list oh no shit yeah number 11 for me was valentine <laughs> so um, i've only got I liked her but i didn't like her in this movie um she wasn't one of my favorites um again it's been a while since i've seen it, and that's one of the reasons why i kind of dropped it a little off my list just because it's been a while since i've seen it but i i definitely agree i think there's a lot more going on than a lot of people give it credit for um it's got some great kills the you know like you said the mask is fantastic there's a you know just absolutely amazing at you know valentine ambiance you know everything is like you know pink and white and red and yeah, it, it it's kind of um, slept on un, unfairly. Uh, you know, it's just written off as you know another scream clone kind of a thing. Right. But yeah, I, I I really enjoy it. I I think there's a lot more fun there than most people give it credit for. Um, I think I actually have the Blu-ray on my Christmas list. I can't remember if I put it on there or not. So yeah, um, it, it's definitely one that I I. I I, I really want to revisit it, um, but yeah, it, I what I remember, it's a lot more fun that uh, definitely everybody uh, gives it credit for. So, yeah, um, I'm definitely on there with the, you know, you liking that one. So it's not a bad I, I choice at all. I'm a slasher girl through and through. It's my favorite subgenre of horror, and so my number one will come as no surprise. But we got to get to your number two first. Uh, my number two is uh, again another Christmas slasher. Um, I'm not entirely sure if this one is yours, based off of uh, <clears throat> based off of your comments, but uh, we'll uh, just have to wait and see. Uh, my number two is 
Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, the original from 1984. I, I, I love this movie. I'm a huge fan. Um, maybe it takes a little bit too long to set everything up. You know, you, you, if we, we get the point by like the half hour mark. We don't need to go 45 minutes into it to, uh, you know, really establish just, you know, how messed up he is and all of the, you know, the background that happened to him and everything that kind of just, you know, messed him up and all that. I don't think you need to do as much of that, but uh, I, I really have so much fun with this. The rampage is fantastic. The kills are amazing. There's, you know, tons of Christmas atmosphere because it takes place, I think, like the week before. So everybody's got all their lights up and everything's, you know, it may not take place on Christmas, but it's like close enough that, it, you know, it's still a, a fun time for the holiday. And yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I have so much fun with it and uh, it definitely holds up for uh, a big reason. So number two for me is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I've actually only seen it once. Well, technically twice because I've seen part two. And so no, it is not my number one, but um, I definitely like appreciate it. Um, it's ridiculous. And I think maybe with more watches, it could have easily maybe gone on this list somewhere or even an honorable mention, but I've only seen it once. So, um, and I, it was when I covered it on SPM. So um, I, that was a couple years ago. So I kind of remember it kind of don't so I, I definitely plan on revisiting it this season cool yeah <laughs> all right so uh it makes me a little bit curious now so uh let's know your number one. Oh god <coughs> excuse me <coughs> um again probably gonna get shit for this but i don't give a fuck because i'm lacy lou and i love this movie so so much um i actually prefer to watch the sequel um however this one just has i never miss watching this movie on this holiday it is a tradition as well as the sequel but this one just has more of the holiday spirit in it and nothing gets me more in the mood for this holiday than this movie which is i know what you did last summer um it's got the fireworks it's got the parade it's got Buffy, it's got Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Phillippe. Um, it's way better than the book. Way better than the book. The book sucks. I said it. I fucking said it. The book sucks. The movie ad adaptation is so much better. Thank you, Kevin Williamson. Um, that scene with Sarah Michelle Gellar as she's running into the alleyway and the fireworks are going and you know, her death, like, and it's so heartbreaking. Like, the movie is rather fucking depressing, but I think the, you know, it has the Miss Windjammer pageant. Um, it just, it just has everything that I'm looking for when it comes to the 4th of July. You know, this is, and you think, like, small town, like, because when I was a kid, I went to, like, a small town um, 4th of July, uh, you know, parade, type festival type thing going on and this movie just got it all right and the fact that it's it's a slasher and it's technically who done it but you could never guess who done it because it makes zero sense but that's okay um i i just really love it it's creepy um it just has it just gets me in the mood for a fourth of july as fucked up as that is it really does <laughs> 
Yeah, it's I I I do enjoy the sequel more. I do like that one right. a little bit. Um so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. Um I don't know where that one would place on my list. Uh I, I like I said, I, I do prefer the sequel. Um the original has its moments. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it. Um but I, I do think that there are some fun elements there. And I, I do agree, it is miles better than the book. Um, I, I had to read that one for uh, an assignment one time and I, I I just didn't care for it. I I wasn't a fan. So yeah, I, I do agree. I do think it's way better than the book. Yeah, it's it, the, the sequel is a bit more fun. You know, they take it to a different location. It just doesn't have this, like even though it does take place over 4th July weekend, there's no fireworks in the sequel. Or yeah, the fucking bomb in off season, you know. Yeah. Um, this one has that holiday atmosphere that, you know, I think it really does embody the spirit of the holiday. And um, I never miss watching it. I've never missed watching it. Um, now I have a tradition um, that I've had since 1998 that I get a horror film every year for Christmas, and um, I have to watch. So obviously I get more than one, but I get to pick one, you know, but um, I get a horror film from Christmas and then I have to watch it on Christmas night. Right. So if I have more than one, then I pick that. If I don't have more than one, then I watch the one that I got. Right. So the movie that kicked that all off was I Know What You Did Last Summer. I got it for Christmas in 1998. And I was thinking, me and Dan were just having this conversation. I was like, well, why didn't I watch Scream 2? And then I thought about it obviously because like my birthday is a month before and I got Scream 2 for my birthday that year so it makes sense that I watched Scream 2 on my birthday and not I know this I got I know you did last summer for Christmas nice I don't know if I ever have a tradition like that Uh, most of the stuff that I have most of the stuff that I had growing up I just kind of tended to do by myself so I, I never really had like those kinds of traditions um most of it was because nobody really liked watching the stuff that I did. So it was kind of one of those where a lot of that stuff kind of just, okay, yeah, they'll tolerate it, but it was never really like an inclusive kind of a thing. Oh, I, okay. So one year I freaked out because nobody got me a fucking horror movie for Christmas. So my sister felt so bad. And this was when video video stores were still a thing. They don't exist now. Right. And another thing, it's so weird. So she literally was like, all right, we're going to go to family video. And obviously they sell movies there and I'm just going to get you a movie. And so she got me the Nightmare on Elm Street remake for Christmas that year. So I had to watch that on Christmas. (laughs) So it was a double bad whammy. I didn't get a Christmas movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, when I did, it was a Nightmare on Elm Street remake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... What can you do? But I mean, it's just a fun story. But I'm very curious of what your number one is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my number one, um, thankfully, you've uh, forgotten about this because uh, one we talked about earlier. My number one is Trick or Treat. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say about it. But just, uh, just the atmosphere in this one is just fantastic. I, I I love the fact that everything is interconnected, that every story kind of blends into each other, that, you know, there's little Easter eggs depicting how the timeline is supposed to play out because 
you know, you'll see like the characters walking in the background of one sequence, and then you realize later on when it's time for their proper, you know, story that it was actually taking place earlier in the night. So you see, like, you know, they'll walk by in the background, and then when it comes time to meet up with them, you that's out of them walking along is the same sequence that we saw earlier when they were walking in the background of a certain character, but. Yeah, I, I, I love what goes on here. I love the, you know, the the setup. I love the way every, it creates this, you know, the, the character of Sam and what it does for the holiday season where you have a mascot. And you don't necessarily have that with any other holiday where, you know, we've sort of adapted him as to like become this icon. Yeah, this icon of like, you know, treating the holiday with respect, being, you know, honoring the traditions and customs, but, you know, not being, you know, like, quote unquote, a dick to where, you know, okay, if you're going to be like, you know, that kind of a person, Sam's going to visit you and do something awful to you. And you don't have that with the other holidays. You have that specifically with Halloween because of, you know, trick or treat. So that was just like another kind of like really fun thing with the film is that it's one that it it gave the holiday a specific mascot and an identity. And it, you know, on top of, you know, like I said, it's a great film. You know, there's so much to like about it. It just, you know, you maybe you don't necessarily feel like one of the stories is worthy of it being a full segment. And you realize it's just like the small little, like, you know, 10 minute sequence that doesn't really have much to do with the rest of the film as a whole. But then it still intertwines with everything else because the characters still interact and you still realize, oh, okay, well, the timeline is this and this because, you know, okay, we saw this character interact with them and then we're coming back and we're seeing them later on. So this must take place during this part of, part of the night. I really like that aspect of it. It kind of adds like this little bit that, you know, you, you can enter, put your own, you know, put your own part into it and you can, you know, unravel everything and like make like a timeline of how everything plays out in real time. But yeah, it, on its whole, it, it's still just a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoy it for what it is. But I, I think just the extra bit for me is what pushes pushes it over the edge. Is you know again just making you know the holiday have an icon and a mascot, and that just kind of yeah makes it uh, my number one. So yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I love how it transcends over like generations throughout the movie as well. Um, so there's a little something for everybody. So it has like the kid storyline, like middle-aged, like kind of early adult, and then like older with Brian Cox and like, it just, it literally transcends generations and it's just kind of a perfect holiday horror film. Exactly. That's why it's uh, my number one. So yeah. Um, I guess we'll uh, finish off real fast with uh, honorable mentions, but uh, I'll say this. I only have one left because most of mine are actually <laughs> on yours. Um, the only one that I have left is a uh, Santa slasher that uh, I don't know a lot of people know of, but I, I love it. And I, I I wanted it on the list, but it just kind of just kept getting pushed off and just kept getting pushed off when you know, you just start adding more holidays to the list. And uh, the one I have left is uh, all through. I, I, again, I don't know a whole lot of that has seen it. Really I love it. it. Yeah, okay, exactly. So um, I, I think that's the only honorable mention I have left. But um, yeah, if uh, you've got anything else, let me know. 
Um, the obviously uh, Terror Train and H2O that we talked about. Um, Midsummer. Um, that was almost my number ten, but like I don't really celebrate like Midsummer, so it didn't make sense for me to actually put it on the list, you know. But it's, yeah. it. It, it's a great film, in my opinion. I love it. And then um, one that I had recently seen, um, like, two years ago by Chance of Luck, which is a Halloween film. Um, oh, God. You have to watch it. It is ridiculous. I'm sure you've seen it. It is Flesh Eater. <laughs> it's the, amazing. The zombie film, right? Yes, yes. It, it's okay, I, fucking I think hilarious. I've seen, I think I've seen this once. Oh, you uh, gotta rewatch it. It is literally yeah, okay, like yeah. the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I, I do remember I, I do remember some like really weird and wacky stuff that goes on if it's the one I'm thinking of because like you said, it's a zombie film from late eighties, right? Yeah, this little girl literally is like in an angel costume and she goes up and she goes, Trick or treat and the zombie opens the door and just fucking eats her. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely gonna have to remember, watch that because I don't remember that. <laughs> like it's 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 like it's like shot on video. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, like, but I... like it's, it's so much fun and like they there's like a Halloween party in a barn and like it it's like full on full on Halloween film. Um, so I definitely recommend that one if you guys haven't seen it. If I wasn't so commercial, it would have made my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. well, thank you all for uh, joining us. This was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, if this season is going to be an indication of uh, what we just listened to tonight, I have uh, high hopes. So thank you, Lacey, for kicking us off in grand style once again. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Absolutely. I'm always happy to have you guys on board. So for those of you that are just uh, joining us, let them know where they can uh, find you and your work online. Um, you can follow me at Lacey Lou one one two two, or you can follow the Cut to the Chase um podcast feed wherever podcasts are found. Um, and under that banner is um sidecast of Slumber Party Massacre, Skip to the Lou, and the Last Twenty. Cool. All right. Yeah. And uh, as a side note, as a huge fan of all three, definitely worth your time. So. Yeah, definitely go ahead and uh, give them a listen because, uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of all three and they're definitely worth uh, listening to. So. Thank you, Don. Absolutely. Yeah. Or should I say I really... It feels weird not to call you Danners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, like I said, thank you all for joining us and uh, we hope to have more as we continue the season. So until next time, we will see you with a new topic. Happy holidays.